This is the First Emmanuel Lutheran Church podcast. For more information about us, who we are, and how to get connected, check us out online at filministries.org. Today's message is delivered by Pastor Ethan Lumen. When my wife and I were first uh, married, we lived in St. Louis. And, and uh, before she moved down there, I was going there, I was already down there for school. It was my job uh, to look for a place for us to live. My job to rent our first apartment together. So I got on Craigslist and started searching for the perfect place, you know. And, and as a young seminarian, as a young uh, master's degree student, I didn't have a lot of money. So the biggest thing for me was the price point. Although my wife had certain standards in terms of aesthetic and, and all that stuff, we wanted to be somewhat close to the seminary and, and all these different uh, parameters that we're trying to figure out. And so I went and looked at a few places and, and finally I found this one. It was a third story unit right next to the interstate uh, in an older building. It had that, that old house charm, you know? And the price point, well, let's just say it was the lowest priced apartment I had found yet. Um, not that that was necessarily the biggest factor, but uh, yeah, so we signed the lease. We, we got the place, the, the third floor apartment, and it was so great to have a place where we could call our own and, and move our stuff in. It was great, you know, for like the first two weeks. You know, and then, then the, well, if you've ever been to St. Louis in June, you might know what it's like. Three straight weeks of 100 degrees or higher. Well, the two old window ACs that they gave us, um, we were able to keep the temperature of our apartment maybe about 85 <laughs> degrees. We weren't as confident that this was the best place for us to be at that point. But, you know, eventually it cooled down a little bit, and, and we got into September and October, and the weather was great, you know. And, uh, but then as it got a little bit later into fall, uh, there was one night where my wife and I were watching a movie uh, late and, and, and the house was dark, so I went to get a drink of water before bed and I turned on the light and there they were in front of me. Dozens of cockroaches all over my counters, scattering from the light. <laughs> Still gives me the creeps. They took up residence with us during those cold months and uh, we, we did our best to them at bay. And at that point, it was a talk to the landlord. What can we do about this? Well, we'll, we'll spray your apartment. That should take care of them. I'm on the third floor. Okay. They didn't just come into the window. The third floor. I think you got a building problem. Well, he wasn't so keen to hear my input on the issue. That wasn't that much long later that we found out my wife was pregnant. And then this third story apartment crawling with cockroaches and lead paint chipping off the wall didn't seem like such a great place for us to be. We had a year lease. Try as I may through emails and and letters and and begging to get out of our lease, our landlord was unwilling to let us go. Ah. Finally, uh, I think he got annoyed with me and he decided, I will let you out, but you will forfeit your security deposit. You know what? We can go with that. We can go with that. I guess we'll have to give up our security deposit, but anything to get out of this place. Haven't we all been there? We start going down a path confident that it's the right way to go. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a career decision. Maybe it's a, a college degree. Maybe it's a, a place 
to live or a, a, a friendship I think is just perfect. Confident we enter in and quickly that confidence shrinks in, well, maybe it's changing directions our confidence is. Well, that's exactly what we encounter as we find Joseph in the midst of the Christmas story. A man who follows the Lord, a righteous person, Matthew makes sure to let us know. A man who's seeking to get married and and have a family confident that the Lord is looking out for him and and planning his path. So confident he was in getting getting married to this beautiful young woman named Mary and Everything seemed to be going great. You know, up until the day where she came to him and said, you know, I'm I'm pregnant. Don't worry, it's the Holy Spirit. That moment, it shook him. We can only imagine how deeply it must have altered his sense of the direction he was going in his life. You know, I've, I've wondered, how long did Mary wait before telling Joseph, that she was pregnant. You know, maybe she told him right after the dream, or right after the visit from the angel, right? Hey, Joseph, just so you know, like an angel told me I'm going to get pregnant. Don't worry, I'm not, I'm not doing anything outside of our relationship. I'm waiting for you and me to get married. But my guess, if I were visited by an angel, I'd kind of want to wait and see. Like, let's make sure it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen like he said so. So maybe it was a, a month in and... It, there are some signs that, well, yeah, maybe I am pregnant. But still, one month might not have been enough to, to really give her that in her confidence. But, but two months, certainly. She was, she was confident that she was pregnant and needed to talk to Joseph. Or maybe it was right after the three months that she spent with Elizabeth, her relative who was pregnant. No matter the case, though, when she came to Joseph he didn't believe this baby was from the Holy Spirit. Right? And he said, it says there in the Scriptures that he was a righteous person. So he didn't want to expose her to public shame. In those days, women could be killed for marital unfaithfulness. And even though they weren't married yet, being engaged was just as good as being married. You were pledged to one another. Joseph could have had her humiliated, exposed, and shamed for the rest of her life. But because he was a man after God's own heart, he decided that he would do it quietly. She wouldn't be humiliated or embarrassed. He would try to take as much of the brunt of it as he could and try to find the next path that God would lay before him. You could imagine that his level of heartbreak was much higher than finding out there were cockroaches in his kitchen. But then after he considered all these things, Scripture tells us, as he was pondering his next steps, he was visited in a dream at night by the angel of the Lord. And the angel came to him and the first thing he says is what? Do not fear, Joseph. Do not fear to take Mary to be your wife. 
Joseph was afraid. Why would Joseph be afraid to get married? Well, it seems that he would have to enter in with a certain level of mistrust toward his own wife. That must have made him scared to to not know if he could trust the words that came out of her mouth or her actions. He might have been afraid of how it would look to the community if he took a wife who got pregnant before marriage. There would be a lot of judgment, not only upon Mary, but upon himself. Maybe a stain that would last his entire life. He didn't know what to do. He didn't know the next steps. And and the angel came and he spoke right into that fear. He said, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife because that which is conceived of her actually is from the Holy Spirit. The angel confirmed with Joseph what Mary had told him. I wonder then at at that point (laughs) if he actually had a holy fear of Mary, not of marrying her, but wow, this is something never heard of before. What is God doing? How am I a part of this? Don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. You shall take her to be your wife, and you shall call the boy's name Jesus. For he shall save the people from their sins. And then Matthew goes and tells us that this is the answer to a prophecy. A 700-year-old prophecy made by Isaiah. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and she shall bear a son and she shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God is with us. The first 17 17 verses of Matthew chapter 1, before Matthew gets into the birth narrative of Jesus, it goes through the lineage. It goes through the lineage of Abraham all the way to Jesus. And there's this man in there, about 20 people removed from our dear Joseph, King Ahaz. The very king who got the promise from God that there would be a virgin who would conceive and bear a son, and his name shall be Emmanuel. And 20 generations later, Joseph gets to see that promise come to fulfillment. The son of David getting to see the final true, the one special Son of David, Jesus Christ. One thing I love about that first 17 verses of Matthew is how there are some important women that are named among all those men. And Mary stands there too. Joseph might have only been the earthly father, but when he woke from that dream, he made sure to do exactly as the Lord commanded him. You look there in the text. What does it say? It says, when Joseph woke from sleep, he didn't wait a day. He didn't wait a week, a month. He went immediately to do the thing that he knew God was calling him to do. Look at the confidence that he had as he went and married Mary. Maybe that very day, he said, you will be my wife. And you see the righteousness and the honor and the integrity that he has, that even as he marries her, he honors her calling to carry the Christ child. He honors her calling. So confident is he in God's calling to him as the father of Jesus. One of the most amazing parts of this is that not only was Joseph self-controlled, loving, kind, 
caring. He took upon the shame himself. Look what this guy did. He had to do a quick wedding, a quick marriage, right? Not only that, as he went to Bethlehem, it was very customary in those days that, that women had midwives and that women were a part of that birthing process. In the case of Mary and Joseph, well, we're not told that there's a midwife who comes to help Mary out. Maybe there was. None of us were there. But we can be certain that Joseph was there at Mary's side as she gave birth to Jesus, caring for his wife, caring for the Son of God. How confident God must have been in this plan. Am I right? To to come as a a single cell, to come as a, a fetus, carried in his mother's womb, to be born as a a helpless baby who must be looked after by parents. You know, the, Jesus didn't come as, as a mighty warrior. He didn't come as an invincible king. There's no parade announcing his birth. He was so confident that he gave up all of his power all of his majesty, all of his grandeur to be born in a barn, laid in an animal feeding trough, cared for by this newly married couple. Confident that this person would carry out God's master plan. What was God's master plan? Well, God's master plan was Summed up in Colossians 2, verses 14 and 15, Paul put it this way, Jesus canceled the record of debt that stood against us. We can be confident that we don't measure up to God's will. We can be confident that that we are mired in sin and guilt and fear and shame. We can be be confident that, that we should have no confidence as we stand before God. Colossians 2 says, Jesus canceled that record of debt that stood against us. By nailing it to the cross. And then he says, he has disarmed the rulers and authorities and he has exposed them to public shame. We are not the ones who have been left exposed for who we are. Jesus has covered us up so confident in his love for us, doing whatever it takes to make sure we know that we are in God's hands forever. With that same confidence, God has placed people in your life. Now, it might not have been an angel of the Lord speaking to you at night, or it it might not have been the Holy Spirit overshadowing you. Maybe you conceived in the natural way. But Psalm 139 reminds us, you knit me together in my mother's womb. Each and every child placed by God. Isn't that amazing? You might have forgotten why you got married all those years ago. But Jesus says in Mark 10, what God has joined together, don't let man separate. God has put you together. God has preparing you for that path or 
whatever path lies ahead. You might not be thrilled about your extended family, <laughs> those people that live in your house or you have to visit on Christmas. Hey, this Christmas you got one off though, right? Sorry, can't come visit, got COVID, you know? Um, that's supposed to be funny. Maybe it wasn't. Thanks for, thanks for the visible laugh. I appreciate that. But Ruth reminds us, where you go, I go. Where you stay, I stay. When you move, I move. Your God will be my God. God has placed us into families, into communities. Be confident of that. You might not love your job. Well, you might even be retired and be struggling with what your purpose is anymore. Is there anything for you to do? Paul says in Colossians 3, whatever you do, it's kind of an all-inclusive category, whatever you do, work at it heartily as though for the Lord and not from men. God has given us each work to do. God has given each of us people in our lives so confidently. He has entrusted to us Well, I was moving our last few bags out of our apartment into our new apartment and getting ready to fork over all that money for our security deposit. And, and as I was, you know, I was kind of dragging my feet a little bit you know, since I figured we had all the time anyway. And, and the landlord comes to me and he says, Ethan, you need to get your stuff out. We've, we've found somebody else that's going to rent your apartment, okay? They're going to be in by February 1st. So we'll give you your security deposit back. I had to chuckle to myself. When we actually just stepped out in confidence and did what we believed was right, even though we knew we'd have to give up our security deposit, God still managed to figure out a way to see us through. I did hear from one of the neighbors that... uh, the next person moved out after only a week there. So uh, I, I, it wasn't just us. But, you know, I'm just saying. We got our security deposit back. <laughs> what about you? Where is God calling you to confidently go? Who is God calling you to confidently live in relationship with? Friends, I want you to be confident as you follow God on his path. If you pay attention to the colors of the church year, you might be like, whoa, what's going on? Pastor's wearing pink. That's a little strange. Maybe some of you are like, hey, that's, I like to change. You know, Real men wear pink. You're like, ah, I wish he had blue on. You know, it's cohesiveness. But uh, why I wear pink is to represent the pink candle on the Advent wreath, which is the, the this is the week of joy. This is the week of joy. Psalm 30, verse 5, it says this. It says, weeping may tarry for the night, but joy comes in the morning. As we follow God's plan confidently, we might not always have the good feelings. We might not always um, feel like we're being blessed or, or look graciously upon. It might feel like public shame. Joseph and Mary had to deal with But we know that Joy comes in the morning. 
Weeping may tarry for the night, but let's say it together. Joy comes in the morning. Let's say it. Joy comes in the morning. As you follow God's path, and maybe you're even sensing that confidence right now as you hear his word, I want you to go joyfully and confidently in God's will. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If you want to learn more about First Emmanuel Lutheran Church, visit filministries.org. We'll see you next week, and God bless.